0: Welcome to the Rearge Primary Review, where we cover the latest developments in high yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy, and feature discussions on issues affecting distressed debt, leveraged finance, direct lending, high-yield bonds, high-yield municipals, covenants, private credit, and middle market companies. I'm David Zupkis. We're taking a brief recess from our weekly interview segment, but we will back suit with more premium content. But as always, we feature our weekly review coverage and a preview of what's coming next week. We'd like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience, so please take a moment to complete the short survey at the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. It's Monday, August 7th. We are published an analysis of Bosch Health this week, addressing the timing of the loss of exclusivity over Bosch Health's zifaxin drug, which could come as early as 2025 or as late as 2028. According to Rierg's analysis, this could determine the company's ability to address upcoming debt maturities. If provided a long enough runway prior to patent expiration, Bosch could redirect cash flows to debt repayment and meaningfully deliver. However, if Norwich is permitted to introduce generics on an expedited timeline, potentially as early as 2025, Rierg estimates Bosch house cash flows could turn meaningfully negative, increasing the risk of restructuring shortly thereafter. Rurik analyzed Dish Network this week, noting that the company continues to face a myriad of capital requirements, including $12.75 billion in maturities through 2026, billions in further 5G network build-out spend, billions in possible AWS 3 Spectrum re-auction backs off amounts, and retail wireless subscriber acquisition costs. While DISH's flexible debt documents provide the company with multiple levers to address its maturities through liability management exercises, in light of the magnitude of the company's ongoing capital needs, Rear writes that DISH would be better served by pursuing potential enterprise-enhancing partnership opportunities. A recombination of DISH with Echostar, which is approximately 93% controlled by DISH Chairman Charles Ergen, could open a new set of market-expanding opportunities. To access Reerg's full in-depth analysis of DISH Network, Bosch Health, and other companies' industries, please reach out to a Reorg representative. This week for in-court coverage, we take a look at Sanchez Energy Corp, LTL Management, Envision Healthcare, Amsurge, and FTX Group. Last Friday, Judge Michael Kaplan issued an opinion concluding that the second Texas two-step case of Johnson & Johnson affiliate LTL Management must be dismissed because it was filed in bad faith. The judge found that LTL lacks imminent and immediate financial distress, the touchstone for a good faith Chapter Eleven filing under the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit's decision dismissing LTL's first bankruptcy. At a hearing last Wednesday, on August second, LTL signaled that it will appeal the decision. The official committee of Tau claimants said it intends to ask Judge Kaplan to prohibit LTL from filing a third bankruptcy for 180 days after the case is dismissed. After three years of litigation and how to divvy up the equity of Mesquite Energy, the reorganized Sanchez Energy Corp. Judge Marvin Isger issued an opinion allocating the Mesquite stock as follows, 30.27% to the dip lenders, 53.54% to the unsecured note holders, 14.19% to the senior secured note holders, and 2% to other unsecured holders. The decision was a litigation victory for the unsecured credit representative, which successfully argued that senior secured note holders' liens on three key oil and gas leases are avoidable. Looting from the bench last week, Judge Christopher Lopez approved the disclosure statement for the Envision Healthcare EVPS and AMSOR debtors and set the confirmation hearing for September 14th, overruling objections from the fourth-out lenders and the Official Committee of Unsecured Creditors. In addition, the UCC objected to the claims asserted by funded secure debt holders opposing the payment of approximately $1.72 billion of prepayment premiums, including make-holes and fixed fees. The committee also said its investigation has revealed the existence of 40 unencumbered joint venture interests. The FTX Group debtors filed a preliminary plan of reorganization term sheet last week, announcing that the plan would implement a global settlement of an exceptionally large and complicated collection of claims, causes of actions, and disputes. Although the plan is still missing key open items, it provides that customer's recovery would benefit from special shortfall claims to be asserted by the FTX.com and FTX US exchanges against a general pool of FTX's assets in order to compensate the exchanges for the unauthorized borrowing and or misappropriation of assets held on the exchanges. Most of the debtors' estates would be substantively consolidated and creditor and customer distributions would be made in cash. The UCC criticized the debtors for not consulting the committee before filing the draft plan. Lumen Technologies Odyssey, Trinseo, and CNG Holdings ran out this week's crop of potential restructurings. An ad hoc group of creditors to Lumen Technologies subsidiary Level 3 sent a letter on July 25th to the communications services provider claiming a technical default had occurred and asking the company for more information. The alleged default relates to the company's use of a portion of the proceeds from its August 2022 sale of its Latin American business to pay down unsecured debt. Creditors argue that the proceeds should have been used only for repayment of credit agreement debt or reinvestment into Level 3's business. Separately, Lumen Technologies subsidiary Level 3 posted on a private data site lien-released documents potentially related to the August 2022 Latin American asset sale. The reason for the one-year delay between the asset sale and the disclosure is unknown. In 2022, Level 3 paid down $700 million of term loans and $1.575 billion in unsecured notes due 2025 and 2026. Junsei is reviewing proposals it has received to address debt maturities as representatives for two creditor groups signed non-disclosure agreements. Management said its highest priority is refinancing its 2024 and 2025 maturities, which it is very confident will be accomplished in the third quarter. Management said it has been in deep discussions with a variety of lender groups, both public and private, and has run a healthy process with a lot of interest in the company. Management disclosed that it is looking at solutions that address both the 2024 and 2025 maturities as well as proposals that deal only with the 2024 term loan. CNG Holdings is asking holders of its 12.5% secured notes due June 2024 to swap their holdings into new 14.5% secured notes due June 2026 following their receipt of their pro rata share of a $25 million paydown. The private exchange has the support of the largest bondholders, including Empyrean Capital Partners, Parkwest Asset Management, and Mill Street Capital Management, according to the sources. And the payday lenders is expected to garner the support of more than 95% of the tranche. <music> top stories this week included, Wall Court firmly rejects ACC's innovative constitutional challenge to subject matter jurisdiction, denies renewed motions to dismiss, District Court dismisses strict liability misrepresentation, apparent manufacturer, state law, consumer protection claims from acetaminophen, MDL. Delaware VC knocks out spurious non-bankruptcy releases, vertical gifting via 363 sales, mid-market madness in Houston, and Judge Jernigan's novel dilemma. Nuveen Group insists motion dismiss its cross-claims against Mitel up-tier participants must fail, says it did not consent or structure up-tier transaction. And now here's Kate Thomas from New York with The Week Ahead.
1: Welcome to The Week Ahead. My name is Kate Thomas. A longer schedule of this week's events, including earnings releases, can be found on the Reorg website under America's Week Ahead. Here are a few highlights. On Monday, Core Scientific will be looking to have Sphere 3D's $40 million proofs of claim disallowed. Sphere says that it subleased from Griffin Digital Mining a hosting agreement with the debtors. As a result, Sphere argues, the debtors owe Sphere prepayments and other claims under the agreement. The debtors, however, contend that Sphere cannot recover on Griffin's behalf under the hosting agreement after a failed merger between Sphere and Griffin and that therefore the claims must be disallowed. Jumping to Thursday, the Celsius Network debtors are scheduled to seek approval of their disclosure statement and a recently announced settlement with the official Unsecured Creditors Committee, the Earn and Borrow Ad Hoc Groups, and certain Pro Se creditors. The debtors say that the settlement fully resolves all of the parties' plan disputes, as well as the Unsecured Creditor Committee's $5 billion class proof of claim. The debtors filed an amended disclosure statement and plan on July 28 that reflect this settlement, among other changes. The debtors are targeting a September 29th confirmation hearing, according to the amended disclosure statement. The Endo International debtors are also slated to be in court on Thursday. They are requesting an extension of a preliminary injunction that would enjoin the prosecution of governmental opioid claims another 180 days to February 8th, 2024. The current injunction is set to expire on August 12th, and the debtors say that they have not received any objections to the proposed extension. The debtors maintain that allowing governmental litigation to resume would jeopardize the proposed value-maximizing sale and ultimate resolution of the Chapter 11 cases. The debtor's sale hearing is currently scheduled to go forward on August 14th. On Friday, Diamond Sports Group will be seeking 120-day extensions of their exclusive periods to file and solicit a plan. If the extensions are granted, the debtors would have until November 9th to file a plan and January 8, 2024, to solicit a plan the debtors say that they need the extensions to consider and finalize their go-forward business plan, which will serve as the foundation for Chapter 11 plan negotiations. The official committee of unsecured creditors and the ad hoc group of first lien creditors say that 120-day extensions would be too long, but they would agree to shorter extensions. That's all for now. For more on the week ahead, including a packed schedule of earnings releases, check out America's Week Ahead on the re website. Have a great week.
0: Thank you again for tuning in to the Reargue Primary Review and our weekly review. Find all our podcasts on the rear.com webinars and podcast page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Hope your families are healthy and safe. Have a great week and see you next Monday.